This is More Than Conquerors with your Bible teacher, Pastor Ray Hegestilianos. As a teaching pastor for more than 35 years, Pastor Ray's heart and vision is simply to build up God's army, enabling them to stand strong in their faith. As the senior pastor at Living Word Christian Church in White Plains, New York, Pastor Ray will challenge you today to begin your walk in integrity and victory, forever changing your life as transformed by the power of God. More Than Conquerors is supported by the generous gifts of listeners like you. You can find us online by going to livingwordchurch.org. We serve an awesome God. In his first six-day lesson of encouragement in his series entitled, Everything's Possible for Our God of the Impossible, Pastor shows us how awesome God really is with the revelation that we serve a God of such power that there's nothing beyond his ability to accomplish, for he truly is the God of the impossible. Retelling stories of some of the most powerful miracles ever recorded, Pastor Ray illustrates Bible truths that can change our very destiny if, when even having a little in faith, we start where we are, use what we have, and do what we can. In answer to our faith, God will then be with us when we start, bless us and multiply what we have, and do those things that we can't. In facing even life's most overwhelming challenges, Pastor reminds us that we serve a God of abundance and that everything is possible for our God of the impossible. Well, let's open our Bibles to... Uh, two openings today. We're going to go to Mark's, they're both in Mark, by the way, Mark's Gospel. Mark's Gospel, chapter 9, and then we're going to flip back over to uh, chapter 6 after we get through a few thoughts in chapter 9. Today I want to just talk to you a little bit about a subject that is so important, I believe, to the life of every believer, and we're going to just get encouraged by God's Word. And it's pretty exciting because um, I live in this realm and have lived in this realm for all my Christian life and all the years um, that I've been chasing after God. How many of you are chasing after the heart of God? See, So uh, one of the things, uh, this is what I would call one of the great benefits that we have as, as the people of God, as the people who love God and serve God and seek after God. Uh, today I want to talk about um, that all things are possible with God. All things are possible with God. And uh, one of the things that we need to uh, be reminded of is that this is where you and I need to live. This is, I mean, I live in this realm. Um, I live in this realm every day because there are so many things that seem impossible. There seem to be challenges that sometimes are impossible. There seem to be dreams and visions that are like burning in your heart. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Burning in, on the inside of you. Or, or maybe you're in, a, in, a, in, in some condition or a place that you don't want to be anymore. And you, you want to be somewhere else and it's just burning. And from this perspective, it looks impossible like it could never be. It looks like it's never going to happen. But we have, we've got to be reminded that as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ that we have the promise We have the faithfulness of God that backs up this promise from the Word of God. That with God in your life, with you serving and loving and chasing after God and living by the Word, all things become possible to you. Can I get a better amen than that? I want to go to chapter, Luke's uh, Gospel chapter 9 because we find this verse, well we find it in several places in the Bible, but I want to use this one just to to highlight uh, what we're talking about today. And Luke's, uh, sorry, Mark's Gospel, chapter 9, 
In verse 11, it says, And when he came to his disciples, he saw a great multitude around them and scribes disputing with them. Immediately when they saw him, all the people were greatly amazed and running to him greeted him. And he asked the scribes, What are you discussing with them? And one of them in the crowd answered and said, Teacher, I brought you my son who has a mute spirit, and whenever it seizes him, it throws him down. He foams at the mouth, gnashes at the teeth, and becomes rigid. So I spoke to your disciples that they should cast it out, but they could not. He answered him and said, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. Well, you know, this is what I I think you get a kind of a snapshot of what Jesus thinks about the lack of faith in a believer's life. Because see, if you understand, and we're going to learn this today a little bit, if you understand how powerful believing God is, if you you understood what faith uh, could unleash and unlock in your life, uh, you, you could see how God would be like, oh, how faithless, you, you faithless generation. Almost in, in a little like gasping for air, like, ah, you know, like breathing deeply, like, ah, you faithless generation. How long must I be with you? Bring the boy to me. Um, faith can change. Trusting God in your life and trusting the word in your life can change your situation, can change your circumstance. So he says here, uh, verse 20 says, then they brought him to him. And when he saw him, immediately the spirit convulsed him, and he fell on the ground and wallowed, foaming at the mouth. So he asked the father, how long has it been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. And often he has thrown himself into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus says in verse 23, Jesus says to him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. All things are possible to him. So the father comes as a, as a father would with concern over his son and a desire to see his son be set free from this infirmity. He knows that Jesus has the power and the ability to perform it and to do it. And he comes to Jesus and he uses these words and he says, you know, if there's anything you can do, have compassion on us and free my, my son up from this infirmity. But Jesus answers, and I want to give you this verse from the Amplified because the Amplified says it a little bit, a little bit differently. And, uh, and he says here, and Jesus said to him, the father says, if you can do anything, uh, do have pity on us and help us. And in verse 23, this is how Jesus responds, according to the Amplified. And Jesus said, you say to me, if you can do anything, you say to me, if you can do, don't you know who it is that you're, you're, you're talking to? Don't you know who it is that you're connecting with right now? You're asking me if I can do anything? Do you know who you're speaking to? Now, I'm going to teach you something. And, he, and I'm kind of elaborating on this. Is Pastor Ray's version of the Bible, right? But, but it, it's it's authentic and it's 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 scriptural. And Jesus said, "You say to me if I can do anything." And and, I, and he goes on to ask the question, "Why? Why? Why are you asking me this?" And then he comes back and he says this to him: "All things are possible to one who believes." You ask me to do something, but I'm telling you that all things are possible to the one who believes. If you'll have faith, it's already done. If you have faith. It's a possibility. If you have faith, this thing will go. If you have faith, it's going to become a reality in your life. And God speaks the same word to you and me today, that all things are possible to one who believes. Oftentimes we're on our face before God, God do this, God do that, God give me this, God give me that. And God has already given you the word. And the word is all things are possible to one who believes. It's a work of faith. It's the act of faith. It's the act of trusting God that brings the power of God onto your situation, onto your circumstance, and will manifest the thing that you are seeking desiring or wanting from God. He says, he says, if you can do anything, 
Please free my son. And Jesus said, if I can do anything, I can do anything, basically, is what Jesus is saying. He said, but I'm telling you that if you have faith, if you trust God, all things are possible. All things are possible to him who just trusts the Lord. And many of us sitting here today may have impossible or an impossible situation or something that seems insurmountable or something that doesn't seem like a reality or will ever become a reality in your life. A dream, a vision, a desire, a circumstance that needs to be changed. Well, I'm going to tell you, as a believer, you must always stand before those things and times and seasons of your life with this knowledge, with this understanding from the word of God, that no matter how impossible it looks, no matter how challenging it looks, no matter how difficult it looks, all things are possible with God. The minute I bring God into my life, the minute I invite Jesus Christ as my Savior into my life, I bring the very powers and the very anointings of the Heavenly Father, the hosts of angels that sit with Him in heaven, into my life, and all things now become possible for my life. There is nothing that should ever seem impossible to a believer. We should never be halted, stopped, put in neutral, shaken our boots with fear because of something that would seem impossible to us because it is in that realm that God works the best. It's in that realm where God loves to show his children how mighty and how strong, how faithful and how awesome a God he really is. All things are possible to one who believes. It's a matter of us putting our faith on it. It's a matter of us beginning to believe God that he will and can do the impossible in our lives. And all God is looking for is a little bit of faith. A little bit of faith that you'll begin to muster. I mean, this has been my life story because everything that I've accomplished in my life in these years, everywhere I am today, you've all heard me say this, it all was a work of faith in my life. Because in those, in those beginning days, you know, looking from that side, from those beginning days to this day that I stand now, which I had in my heart back then, but we were much smaller and didn't own a building and, you know, rented a building. When I look to this day, it, it seemed like an impossibility. It seemed like, how could that be a reality? How could that ever come to pass? I don't have anything. I don't really have a large congregation. We don't have any money. We're, we're just scraping, trying to pay the rent. And, and there's so many things we need. Buy property, build a building, you know, do all these things to it. That was a dream. That was a vision. That was a hope that had not yet come. And from that side, it looked like an impossible request of God or an impossible situation. But you see, when you stand in that place where it looks like something is impossible, that's when you've got to go back to the word of God. And you've got to look at that which looks impossible and say, with man, this may be impossible, but with God, all things are possible. So, so I say here today, there, may be, there are dreams, there are visions, there are desires, there are places that you want to, to get to, there are things you want to acquire, there are things you want to do with your life that may seem like an impossibility. There may be a dream that seems so big or a place that you want to get to that seems like you'll never get there because it, is, it seems like it's an impossibility. And maybe in some ways for you as a, as a human, it may be impossible. 
But when God is brought onto the scene, when you give your heart and you give your life and you give everything you have into the hands of Almighty God and you live and love Jesus, you live for Jesus and live and love Jesus and live for Him every day, you bring God onto the scene, you bring God into your life, and it says, with God, with God in your life, with God as your co pilot, with God as your partner, with God, all things become possible in your life. Can I get a better amen than that? All things become possible in your life with God. Now, Jesus always liked to demonstrate the Word of God and always liked to give analogies and demonstrations. So let's go over to, uh, in Mark's Gospel, but let's go over to chapter 6. And we're going to spend the rest of our time in these verses here today. So I don't know what it is that's going on in your life. I don't know what's happening in your life or where you are. But I would, say, I would say that most of us are, you know, have a dream. How many of you have a dream in your heart? Amen. You have a vision. There's a place that you want to go to. You see, one of the things that you'll find about, I'll just give a little commercial about Living Word Church, is that we love, we love to be the incubator for dreams and visions in the hearts of people. Where these dreams and visions can begin to grow and become a reality. And I, as your pastor, want to challenge you. Because I've come to know in my life, I've come to know of this God that, that promised, that, that said that with him, you will do the impossible. With him, the impossible will become a possibility. Because in and of myself, when I first started, I didn't think that I could really accomplish very much, really, to be honest with you. You know, I had all the reasons of why this couldn't happen, that couldn't happen, or the other thing couldn't happen. Uh, didn't think I was smart enough, good enough, this enough, that enough, or everything else enough. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I'm the only one who's ever been there. Is there anyone there right now? Is there anyone there right now? Okay, only a few of you. Well, the rest of you are all together. I like that. Maybe you ought to be up here preaching. Well, 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 th- that's where I was. And, I, and as I looked to what I felt God wanted me to do, I thought, wow, this is, this is impossible. How is this going to be? But you see, again, with man, certain things may seem impossible, but with God everything becomes possible. Because when you factor God into the equation, when you, inf- when you factor in the anointing of God, when you factor in the word of God in your life, when you factor in the fact that God is by your side leading you and guiding you and helping you, all things, there is nothing that will be impossible for you in your life. That that which seems insurmountable will and can and will become a reality in your life. Because with, that's why I don't understand why everybody doesn't want to serve God. I don't understand why people run from God. I don't, maybe they just don't know that he's the God who's promised you that with him in your life, that you, you'll be doing the impo- impossible things will, be, will become a reality, impossible possibility for you. That your dreams and visions and desires will come to pass. That God's working with you and for you and not against you. And he's by your side. Because with God, with God, all things become possible in my life. Come on, somebody. In the, I, 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 don't, I don't understand why people don't want to serve God. Why people don't want to, you know come to church regularly and hear about this awesome God and be encouraged by, by, the, by the word of God. Because we, we learn, we find that he's a God who's with us and a God who's working for us and a God who wants that. With God, all things are possible. All right, let's go to Mark's uh, gospel again and verse, I'm sorry, chapter six. And uh, the, um, the disciples had been busy and they'd been out doing the work of the ministry 
And um, so Jesus now calls them back. And in verse 30, it says, the apostles gathered to Jesus and told him all things, both which they had done and what they had taught. They were busy about the master's business. I'm going to divert a little bit as we get into these stories because there's so much learning. There's so many things we can learn that, I mean, every verse is a, could, could, be a, could be a seminar. So, but we're not going to take a whole lot of time, but let's just talk about this. It says, the apostles gathered to Jesus and told him all things, both what they had done and what they had taught. So the apostles were busy about Jesus' business. That speaks to me that if you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, how many believers do I have sitting here today? In the Lord? You're born again, saved. You love the Lord. You know you're going to heaven. You serve God. Well, according to the word of God, we're supposed to be busy about the master's business. We have no time to be slothful, lazy, sitting back. The, the disciples were busy. They were out teaching. They were out preaching. They were out doing the ministry. And Jesus calls them back to him and says, they were so busy, as a matter of fact. See, it's okay to be busy. People say, well, the church keeps me so busy, I don't have a personal life. Well, you know what? Sometimes it's better that you're busy about God's business than getting involved in your personal life, because a lot of times people's personal lives leads them down the path of destruction anyway. Amen. I mean, unless your personal life is, is all together, then, uh, you know, but, but most people, personal life gets them so distracted and pulls them down, down the wrong path anyway. So he said to them, in verse 31, he said to them, come aside by yourselves to a deserted place and let's rest a while. For there were many coming and going and they did not even have time to eat. Look at how busy they were. They were so busy they didn't have time to eat. They didn't have time to even eat. That's how, man, I'll tell you what, that's, that's busy. That's busy. See, and we complain because we got to show up at church and put on an usher's jacket. Not, not that our ushers complain, but you know what I'm talking about. We got to do this. They were so busy they didn't even have time to eat. And Jesus, understanding this, says, come on, let's go take a rest for a while. Let's go to a place and, and get refreshed. So they, uh, they departed to, uh, to a deserted place in a boat by themselves. So, I don't know, let's read into this. So Jesus said, let's go take a little cruise on the lake. We're going to get in a boat and probably, you know, everybody had a glass of iced tea. And, and they're just sitting in the boat and they're ready to recline. You know, you know I mean, you want to relax, get on a nice, nice cruise on the, on the water. Isn't that great? And the sunshine must have been a beautiful day. And they're going to go take a cruise and, and relax and get refreshed. But it says in verse 33, But the multitude saw them departing, and many knew him, and ran there on foot from all the cities. So the word got out that Jesus was on the shore over here getting ready to launch out in a boat to take some time for relaxation. And the multitudes heard about it. See, they were hungry for Jesus. Let me tell you what, they were hungry. Are you hungry for Jesus? They were hungry so much so that they ran after him. They wouldn't let him get in the boat and take his time of rest and relaxation. And basically the crowd ruined the river cruise. So it says that they saw him coming and they all came before him in verse 34. And Jesus, when he had come out, saw a great multitude and he was moved with compassion for them because they were like sheep not having a shepherd. So he began to teach them many things. So he didn't come out and say, well, guys, I'm sorry. Um, you know, today is my day of my day off. It's rest and relaxation day. So come back next week and we'll pick up from where we left off. No, Jesus acted with compassion in his heart. You know what that word compassion means? It's just a little side journey. The, the word compassion, it's made of a compound word, calm and patty. It means to feel the pain of another or to feel the hurt or the, or the affliction of another, calm and patty. To have compassion is to actually feel someone's pain. And it says that Jesus, isn't that awesome that Jesus felt their pain? Well, I'll tell you what, Jesus feels your pain too. 
because he's a compassionate, loving father. So it says here that the multitude, uh, he saw the great multitude and he was moved with compassion for them because they were like sheep not having a shepherd. They didn't have any direction in their life. They didn't have anyone leading them or guiding them. They were misguided. They were divided. They were, they were here, there, and everywhere. And, and, and Jesus was moved with compassion for them. So he, what did he do? He, he went out there and he began to teach them many things. You see, see, I, I'm a firm believer, and you may not agree with me, that everything you need that, that ail, for, that, for that which ails you is found in the teaching of the Word of God. You see, see, Jesus, he didn't, he didn't necessarily pray for them at that moment. He didn't lay hands on them. He started to teach them. What was his first activity when he saw a group that needed something, that were needy, what did he do? He began to teach them many things. He began to teach them the principles of the Word of God. As a matter of fact, if you look through the Word, you'll see that in everything that Jesus did, he was teaching something. And what we're going to look at in a few minutes, Jesus was teaching a lesson that would go down from generation to generation. The lesson is there for not only that group of people of that day, but the lesson is there for you and for me of this day. Um, and, and that lesson still stands and still remains. And if we'll take that lesson and learn those lessons and put these lessons into operation, we will have the same kind of results. We will see the same kind of results that they saw back then. So he began to teach them. He began to break open the word for them. Uh, that's, that's the important thing. You need the word. That's why I'm constantly on this. You need the word. You need to hear the word. You need to come to church to receive the word and to be blessed. So he says he began to teach them many things. So let's get into the, the meat of this story and where I really want to get, get to today. It says, when the day was now far spent, that means that Jesus was preaching a really long time. See, there's nothing wrong. Jesus was a long-winded preacher, so don't shout me down if I preach too long. The day was far spent, man. He had so much compassion. See, that's just a sign of the compassion that the, that the preacher has on the people. Some people would say, no, true sign of compassion is that you preach fast and get us out of church quickly. But the true sign of compassion was that Jesus saw their need and was trying to fix their need. So he taught and he kept teaching and he kept teaching because one teaching went to another teaching that the day was now far spent, which means it was late in the day. And all of a sudden his disciples come running up to him and said, this is a deserted place. Already the hour is late. Send them away that they may go into the surrounding country and villages and buy uh, by themselves bread, for they have nothing to eat. So apparently what we learn from these verses is that the, the people that were listening to Jesus, they, they were sitting there all day and they were hungry. And you know how people get when they get hungry. I mean, people get grouchy. I've been around some people, man. It's like, it's like they haven't eaten in a month. It was only, they only missed one meal for crying out loud. And actually, if you, miss, if, you, if you missed a few meals, it wouldn't kill you anyway. It would thin you down a little bit. Maybe you'd see your feet again. If you, if you, if you, if you, you know, I mean, people get grouchy and ugly when they, when they don't eat. And, and I would assume that these people were complaining, like, well, where's the food? Don't you have anything here? We're hungry. And they're getting, they're getting mean. I've been around people when they, don't, when they don't eat, man, forget it. You know, it's like even in ministry, you know, come well fed, please. Eat your breakfast. <laughs> eat a good breakfast. And uh, this way you'll be nice and sweet because when people are hungry, man, they're mean. They're mean. Tune in tomorrow afternoon at 2 for More Than Conquerors with Pastor Ray. If today's message was a blessing to you, ask for your free CD of the broadcast for a gift of any amount to help support this radio ministry. 
Just mail your request with your check to More Than Conquerors or MTC, P.O. Box 8187, White Plains, New York, 10602. Be sure to include the date of the message you're requesting. If ordering a complete Bible study series, a minimum love offering of $20 is appreciated. Identify the series and include the word series in your order. Before we go, here's a final word from Pastor Ray. Hello, this is Pastor Ray. I wanted to take a moment from today's broadcast to tell you about a brand new book I've written that's just become available for purchase entitled Discouragement, Doubt, and Compromise. I wrote this book because of after more than 37 years of pastoring, I see too many Christians, both newly saved and those mature in their walk with God, fall victim to a device of the enemy that he has been using against God's people ever since the beginning of time. It's simply a threefold plan of discouragement, doubt, and compromise. I know this material will be a tremendous blessing to you in encouraging and stimulating your faith and helping you to truly be more than a conqueror. Why not go to my website right now and order your copy, PastorRayNY.com. Why not order a copy for a friend as well? That's PastorRayNY.com. 